Podcast Revolution Network presents The Way with Noah. Welcome to the August 9th extended version of The Way with the Noah. Um, earlier this evening, we had a little bit of technical difficulties during my live YouTube show, so I wanted to come back with another hour of fabulous content as I talked with my sis Yamina from the California um, Burning Delegation. She was a California Burning Delegate. Um, she's also the founder of the Black Burner Coalition. Um, and my co-admin, one of my co-admin from African Americans for Bernie. She's on Twitter at uh, Yami Two Grace, Mama Blackburner. Um, Yamina just had some great insight on the inside and outside conventions. Um, last week, Michael Salomon, uh, Podcast Revolution founder and, and, and our leader, um, talked about a tale of two conventions. And Yamina gave a little bit more personal insight. You know, even though it's been about two weeks since the Democratic National Convention, we have, I think we have, we've had time to, 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 deal with the emotional nature of the event and some of the stings, so to speak. And now we can really sit down and talk and process the experience and reflect on not just the convention and the activities around the convention, but also the past year as a whole, as we move forward and we look at what does this, what shape, what nature does this work take on? Um, and we also talk about this idea of the privileged voter um, if, if voting third party makes you a privileged voter. So um, check out our conversation in progress and, uh, you know, drop me a line. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter. Shoot me an email, thewayofanoa.com. Um, we, we, we definitely appreciate you guys, your support, your, your, your enthusiasm for the Podcast Revolution Project. Um, listeners like you or why we exist, please, if you can, support. Um, and, you know, me personally, check me out. You know, on YouTube as well. Um, the way of Fano is on, on YouTube live streaming every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, yeah. So, with that, I'll put you into me and Miss Yamina Rowland talking live in action. Um, it's a lot of great content. I love, I love it when I get to talk with my sisters. When I get to talk with my sisters, and no, she's not literally my sister, but she's my sister in the struggle, so to speak. And, you know, as black women, everybody's either a sister, auntie, <laughs> uncle, brother, somebody. But 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 no, but we've become family. You know, we have built and we have engaged in such a way that will last. It'll be a bond that, that extends beyond this election cycle um, as we we build and we continue to bridge, you know, across across time and space and distance and and bring like minds together. And sometimes not so like minds to, to, to moving the needle and really addressing the issues affecting our communities. It is not because of politicians that work gets done. It's because of the people. And don't let anybody ever tell you anything different. There were over 4,000 applicants to be delegates for Bernie Sanders in California alone. Somebody put out this alarm that there weren't enough delegates and everybody and their mama decided that they was going to apply. 
I can say a good 80% of them didn't read what the requirements were, probably didn't even read the whole application. And, you know, it was kind of, um, it was kind of a weighty process because those of us who did our research and, you know, were kind of as prepared as we could be as novices, um, you know, that made, I, I ran against like 19 women. Oh, wow. And, and like, I've never seen any of them. Like, mm-hmm. at, with all of the local activism that we had been doing, you would think that we would run into each other, but nobody. And one, one, one man ran in our district. He, the caucus was on the 1st of May. He didn't become a Democrat until January. He was a Republican. And he was from Iran. So, no diss to Iranians, but it's just like, um... What? What? Why? Why do we even have to compete with you when you weren't even on the Democrat tip last year? Right. When this was announced, you were you were waiting to see who was going to be the Republican nominee. And then when that whole show tank, here you come and you think you get to represent those of us who are at least liberal leaning mm-hmm. on a major platform. So there was that. But then so. We had our caucus. We ranked the delegates for men and women, and then we waited for the primary. After the primary, those votes determine how many delegates for which candidate go to the convention. So in our district, only two Bernie Sanders uh, delegates went. So it was the top man and the top woman. And I didn't know that's the way it was going to be, but my goal once I decided to become a delegate was to be the top woman delegate because Mm -hmm. that way – no matter what, I would get to go because right. I figured he'd pull at least two. Right. So that'd be one man, one woman. And then I just campaigned, you know. I literally went to every Democratic organization in the greater Fresno Clovis area and just told them straight up, these are the reasons why I supported him. You know, I've been supporting him for over five years. And I would appreciate you considering a vote for me because I will, if nothing else, be your voice there. Um, That was kind of my, if you would, my slogan, my campaign premise was I I want to be the voice because not for nothing. That's that's my thing. I give voice. I talk. (laughs) I will talk. Mm -hmm. I will speak the truth. And you will and, snatch um, edges, too. <laughs> I, I will snatch edges, you know, and that was a whole nother aspect I, I that I thoroughly loved. And um, just a little sidebar, I, I have a title now. I am a provocateur of the white supremacy status quo. That is my calling. I need to shake up white people and make them very uncomfortable. And then they are at the threshold, which where they can either grow or, if nothing else, admit the racist fuck cards that they are. <laughs> so that came out of, you know, my whole trip. And I'm very happy. I, I'm embracing that. I, I, like you said, I snatch edges and I make people who, who live in privilege very uncomfortable and I do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or should I say with purpose? With purpose it's not, yeah. you know, just... It's not just because might as well make white people feel a, a, a minute 
portion of what black people go through in this country every day. But seriously, like taking a page out of Jane Elliott's book, you know, they have to hurt. They have to be. It's like, oh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't do this to other people because I surely don't like how it feels. And it's like, yeah, now you're getting it. So it was interesting. Um, it was like the Hunger Games. I was calling it the Hunger Games as of Monday okay, because it was so opulent and over the top. And I'm like, this is why this shit costs this much money. $750 a night in the hotel for a night minimum. Wow. It, you know, and that wasn't across the board. That's what they hit California with. Some delegations only had to pay like $330 a night, which is a huge difference, especially if you're splitting it four ways. I mean, right. they were trying to get some, some people were trying to get six people into their hotel rooms. And I'm just like, no, I, I can do four. <laughs> but, you know, that's, and, not co-ed. It's like six women trying to share a bathroom. Everybody has to be at at the credential table at the same time. And I mean, they made you jump through a lot of hoops. Right. So let's talk about that. You let's know. talk about, okay, you get to Philly. And I know, let's, well, let's talk about a little bit. Let's back up a little bit because you got to Philly early. You know, you got to see some sights. You got to do a little other traveling. But you, your first real like Philly activity began, you filled in for me at because, you know, sis, sis got sick. I got sick. And I wasn't you able did. to travel. Oh, I was crushed. But you filled, I was crushed, too, because I was looking forward to, to, to finally getting that hug. But you filled in for me at the People's Convention that Saturday before the DNC even began. Um, yes, you know, I did. With, with, with Erica Miner from Real Philly Justice, you know, on, on, on presenting. And then Erica advocated the racial justice platform. And then you guys led a session later on in the afternoon. Just tell me just a little bit about that experience. Um, and being there, you know. Um, well, I mean, Nina of course, I was I was very glad to, to to fill in for you, even though I was I was nearly literally in tears that you weren't there because we we are sisters. You are my girl. We have been through this amazing struggle together, and it's not just like Facebook. You know, all of the conversations and text mm-hmm. messages. You know, we are bonded. In, That's in, something a lot in, of people severely underestimate and don't understand about those of us who not only decided we were going to support Bernie Sanders, but that we were going to actively engage in educating people about him and the platform and actively involving other people in this process over the past year. I mean, we have, you know, we, we have been family. We have fought like family. We have loved like family. We have we have supported like family. We have really been you know, it's and it's not perfect. We not we not the Brady bunch. No, and we and raising, it's, it's you know <laughs> we not the Brady bunch. We 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 some other no, not at all. But at the same time, the other aspect of that is people in our lives think, thought we were crazy. Yes, it's, it's like the rest of the yes. world that we usually occupy is just like there she go again. Mm-hmm. And so you know, you burn out your family and friends really, really fast because it was a it was a long. 16, 18 months. Yeah, it's been a long time. And so, and you were so there for me when I was like about to just lose my shit so many times. And, you know, I was able to kind of, okay, bring it back in and, and, and approach some things from a more strategic 
point right. of view just from having you to bounce stuff off of. Yeah, so same, definitely. You talked me down off of so many limbs. I mean, <laughs> did you? Ooh, yeah. I mean, you know, it was, it was a two way. It was definitely, we definitely were clicked and have been able to grow and develop a, a, a trust and a bond that of course will, will transcend this work, you know? Oh, for sure. Um, for sure. Yeah. So, so talk to I'm going to be, bit. Uh, I'm going to be TT Yaya before too long. Watch. Um, love it. <laughs> Tell so, me a little bit about, um, just, just that Saturday. The People's convention. People's yes. Convention, okay. Work, meeting Eric, working with Erica. Um, yeah. You know, Cause you know, that sister is fire. You know, she just came in and talk about unapologetically black. Mm-hmm. She was just boom. And I, I was loving I instantly fell in love with her. We did um every every um architect group of the different planks mm-hmm. had someone and so um I started out with, you know, explaining that you weren't there and right. that I was humbled and honored to take your place. But after I read, you know, we pretty much went straight forward from from the program. Mm-hmm. But then Erica, as the advocate, and it's funny because she didn't necessarily want to be the advocate, mm-hmm. but I don't know if she was channeling Jesse Williams or what, but she gave zero and went all the way in. And she was like, why am I advocating this? And then she just started talking about all of the shit that's just like in the last year that, you know, black people have had to face, you know, false mm-hmm. accusations and and, she, and then she, she's just saying this is why because the justice system doesn't work for us right. and you know black people are going to jail for weed while white people in Colorado are making money you know black people was in Colorado going, are still sitting in jail for weed that now white people are making millions and millions of dollars off of like this is the craziness that is the American that's system. the shit that and you know and, and, and we're not even going to get into how it's damn near impossible well, for people of color yeah. to get dispensary licenses yes. so it's like you know that you know you made like a profit, your slave labor in these for-profit prisons, primarily black people. So, you know, we smoke, but you ain't gonna let black people circulate their black dollars within their. Right. You know, yeah, that's a whole nother trip. That's that's one of my my pet peeves. But then um, she finished her advocacy with, um, listing the names of Mm. the fallen um, since last year. And, okay, so her list was only uh, as of, I don't even know if it was the beginning of 2015. And so she starts, and I'm sitting on the pew, because, you know, we're in front of all of this, this very white audience. I mean, it was. And um, I just put my head down because, you know, it's like, it's kind of somber. But the names just kept going. Yeah. They just kept going. And the longer she, the longer the litany was, the more the tears fell. You know, and before she was halfway through, I mean, I'm sure my the front of my shirt was, was probably damp by that point. And um, I remember Jackrabbit just like kind of reached over and he just squeezed my hand. And mm-hmm. I, I was just... I was like literally trying to keep like from wailing, 
And when she finished, um, she looked at me and I looked at her and she had tears on her face and we just like hugged each other and cried right there on the side of the podium. Mm -hmm. And it was like dead silent in there, you know, and, uh, wow. And then, um, yeah. And I don't know. I think for some people that probably kind of, I don't know, that was probably a powerful optic Mm-hmm. For them sitting in their privilege, because I don't know that there were many people that were as affected by that as, as we were. Right. And then so there were some questions from audience members, and then we got the opportunity to rebut. And that's when she really went off. Oh, wow. And she was like, you see, he was like, hey, there's barely any black people in here. He's like, you know why? Because we got to work. We don't have the we don't have the luxury of being able to come here on a Saturday and sit in this room that's over 200 years old and, you know, spout about racial justice that don't really affect you, but is like life and death for us, you know, and um, and then taking a page out of your book, one of the things that you've taught me when I was responding, I was like, you know, anything that this election has taught me is that I don't need a damn ally. I need a comrade in arms. You need to be ready to stand on the front lines with me, ready to die for my cause. Or you miss me with yours because the ally is still other. Right. You know, and and Erica's thing is like accomplice. I need right. accomplice. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I'm like, okay, accomplice or comrade, but that ally shit, we over that. And like, yeah, we off that. Like, nah, nah, son. Yeah, we are definitely off that. that and, too, but yeah, yeah, you know, I got thoughts. I always got thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I was like, yeah, that that was like kind, of, and they all applauded. And for the rest of the time I was in Philadelphia, I had people, white people coming up to me. And say, I heard you at the People's Convention. Thank you for what you had to say. Well, people that... want to be useful. You know, people want to be useful. People want to be active, engaged, and involved. And I have to remember sometimes not to, because to, I'm really good for you snatch edges. I just bite people's heads off. You know, I'm just a praying mantis, just ready to just rip your head off if you say something out of line on my post. Um, but I gotta, I gotta, I gotta learn to work on that. You know, because we're so passionate about what we do, and we we are very knowledgeable people too. We know our, we know what we know. We don't know everything, but we know what we know, right? So right. When we get challenged on things, and it's clear that other people don't know what they're talking about, but they're still trying to challenge us anyway. I know I personally, I do get defensive, and it's something that I need to work on because there's a lot of teachable moments. But at the same time, I'm tired of my life being a teachable moment for others. At some right. point, you have to just use common sense and go with God and make it happen. You know, we don't need yeah. to hold your hand and, you know, help you with the training wheels every step of the way. Like you said, we need somebody to step up and be an accomplice and ready to go for the cause. I understand if you want to ask questions and stuff, but at the same time, there has to be some balance, right? Because I can't yes. spend all of our time. If we trying to build together, at some point, the apprentice got to graduate and also become a master. And then there's themselves. that. You know what I'm saying? I can't be helping you every step of the way because if I'm helping you do your work, when is my work ever going to get done? Because don't nobody step in to help us carry our loads. 
but then I got to come help you do your work too. That don't work. That don't work. So that just reminds me of just the conversation we were having earlier yesterday or earlier today about the Green Party and about my, my commentary yeah. about the Green Party and questions. And everybody be so quick to push back. But it's like, you don't even stop to think for a moment that I might know something that you don't. I might know a little bit more about this that you don't. And I'm asking this question for a reason, not because I'm being mean, not because I'm being divisive, but we got to ask questions. We got to push the needle. We got to we, we gotta hold things, systems accountable, no matter how nice people are, no matter how much we like them. You know, you've met Jill Stein. Uh, ben has several people I've met her at this point who, who, who are like, yeah, you know, I think I'm in. And, 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 you know, I'm still a little bit like, nah, I'm going to stay on the outside. I, I really don't know what I'm doing. But but I think that, you know, when people push and they don't really have all the information or they expect you to to explain things to them or they expect you to change how you're doing something to suit their needs. This ain't about you. It's like you're so vain, but not everything's about you, you know. So that that was yeah. really interesting. I, I've seen. I, I need to go back and watch. Go back and watch that segment and, and the the answer and question portion of that. But I really do. I, I felt like I know that there was a lot of we, the three of us, all of us in our different conversations going into that process. It was kind of like, eh, not because I don't believe in it. Not because, you know, I know we talked about this from talking to Erica, like part of her involvement was because people would come into the city to do stuff and we're going to do this, but not actually work with the people, you know, they've been working and organizing and building. They work with, 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 with Mother Ramona Africa from MOVE. You know, they work with, with we talk about revolution, right? They work with some really serious grassroots legends in, in from the East Coast, in the Philly region. And, um, you know, people will have a tendency because they have some great idea and, and not that Jack and Shannon did that because, you know, they're, they're I, I appreciate them because part of the reason why there was even the afternoon space was because you raised the issue on the call and Jack took that to heart, you know, and, and made yeah. sure that space was available. They, they had limited funds. You know, they didn't have all the opulence and and donors and supporters and stuff so they were able to do what they did with limited funds but they wanted to make sure that space that you guys ultimately had an afternoon available because you raised you did they were receptive and responsive to and so i appreciate that so i definitely think jack jack and shan they definitely fall into that accomplice or comrade category have whatever terminology we decide to come out of it um there's a lot of folks who do you know but i i think we you know i, I hear when people make excuses you know, or, they, or like you're talking about the girl Hillary Clinton, you know, well, you know, she she good peoples. You know, when you see the old slave movies, you know, Mr. So-and-so's good white peoples. We don't cause them no trouble. We are thankful that they right. like us. Right. You know, that's how that's how these these Negro leaders act about Hillary Clinton. They've hacked about they good white people. As if somehow, you know, just the fact that they smile and pat them on the head and say they nice. That's supposed to mean something, you know. I mean, we don't see the decimation of urban neighborhoods, urban public schools, criminal justice system, all types of stuff under her and her husband, and it's only going to continue. And now she courting all these Republicans. Where does that leave us, really? We got to have a conversation about that too. Where does that leave us? Yeah, they, they are courting yeah. all these Republicans, bringing all these Republicans into the party. Where does that leave Black folks? You've been telling us that Republicans are evil. And now you're bringing them into the party in droves. You're bringing their money into the party. Where does that leave us and our issues? Right. I know I keep saying right. I'm not advocating for any party, but people do really need to seriously look at their options and stop letting the Democrats take them for granted. I don't care how evil Trump supposedly is. 
people need to stop. But I digress. Yes, they do. <laughs> but I digress. So, 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 so the, so the Saturday. So, so, so you guys, you know, the 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 the, the platform itself. But the Saturday port, the afternoon portion, there was an actual opportunity for y'all to do like a, a space, right? A black leg yes. space. Yes, Black Politics Matters. And I will be getting you access to that video. Oh, sweet. Yeah, as soon as great. I hear back from Gabriel. Um, so, yes, it was. And there were maybe five people of color in the room that weren't. Erica and myself, um, you know, but we use that. We use that because my 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 biggest thing was um, if you want to know what to, what the next step is, anti-racism activism is your next step. So we challenged all of them to educate themselves and and to get active in helping fight racism. Right. Because the more not black voices that are sounding the alarm, the more likely that it'll finally get to penetrate. And, um, you know, we brought up the blue. I brought up the blue eye brown eye project, and mm-hmm. I asked. I asked people. I'm like, do you know who Tim Wise is? Right, right, right. <laughs> and like, not a lot of hands went up. And uh, Erica said, "What about John Brown? Is John Brown mm-hmm. the?" So and like she was like yeah see <laughs> she started wagging her finger she was like see and I was like Jane Elliott and I was like see not enough hands are going up these are the people you need to study you need to stop asking black people to explain to you why mm-hmm. and seek out teachers who look like you so that you can absorb the information you know it's like because look at me like my name starts with a Y and there's no S or Z in it. Stop saying it. It's too hard to say my name. Learn it. Yamina. It's not that hard. You can say Galapanakis. You can say Yamina. <laughs> you know, and they're just like, um, like, and you people, like, you see what I did there? Do you like being called you people? It's not, not cool. <laughs> we just went, you know, we just went in and let them know that, you know, privilege is something that is killing people their silence and their comfort in their privilege is like condoning death and that has to stop. And it's their responsibility to, to help stop that. And, um, you know, people were asking questions and like, I remember this one woman brought up the ERA and she was saying how um, black people needed to support the ERA and <laughs> and we were like, was it what? Was it Portia? No, okay. no. Portia's, I don't think she showed her face in our room. Okay, Portia's Portia's big topic for um, for everybody is has seen Portia Bolger by now on on one viral video or, or another. Um, Portia's big topic. I was just curious. Her big her big thing is the ERA. Um, yeah. So I was just curious. I do know that there was, I forget the name of the group that advocates for the ERA, but I do know that they had, they had folks present and stuff. So, um, yeah, well, so yeah. well we were, go ahead. 
No, I was just saying, it's like, yeah, the ERA is nice and everything, but the ERA kind of threw black women under the bus. So this is where we go back to accomplices and comrades. The issue with the ERA in terms of, you know, black and Latino communities, the ERA does not address wages and issues affecting black and Latino men. Because if you look at certain um, measures and metrics, black and Latino men make black men make either the same or less than white women and latino men make less as well the gap between black women and black men in our income i mean we we on average make less than black men but we don't make that like the gap between us is it's so small right we're all making less um but we focus on women and and really we we know we know this from when we talk about the women's suffrage and other things when we say well women you know, people usually mean white women and you have to, that's the whole Patricia Arquette thing at the Oscars previously, right? Like when she's like, well, well, black people and Latinos and the gays have to get behind us women as if we're not those things. But when you look at some of these metrics and indices, black men are making the same as or less than white women, right? So you have Asian Americans, then you have white men, then you have white women, then you have all the rest of us. So we talk about the ERA, you know, ERA also does not necessarily protect, you know, folks who are lgbtq you know trans rights there's so the era is definitely something i understand why it's so important but at the same time we 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 need to be careful you're absolutely correct acting as if it's the end-all be-all for 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 for, you know poor women and women of color because and 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 women who maybe consider themselves queer trans women there's so many other things so many other things that are not addressed you know as it stands on its face right now so um, that's interesting that that happened during um, that session. People need to understand about space, right? Like, uh, like, like we we've seen this a lot running the pages that we run. Well-meaning progressives or liberals or whatever they want to turn themselves uh, tend to come in and occupy space. They're like locusts sometimes, right? They're all over the place, and it's just like Ooh, say that. <laughs> And it's just like, you know, we, we've, we run to two large pages and, you know, as black women running these pages, we get told predominantly white men often about, well, Bernie, you know, this picture's of Bernie. It's like, no, it's not. I verified it. It's not. Da, da. We will have people argue us down about things that we know firsthand. You know, it's just all types of stuff. And, and we talk about, that's why, that's why we want to move from the term ally. I don't want you to be my ally. You know, if you want to get in here, roll your sleeves up and do this work, like, like, I think, you know, someone that people should follow, check out, you know, Jack Rabbit's work, check out, um, you know, like you said, Tim Wise. I mean, there, there's a whole long list of people. who There are people who are doing the work. Quote, unquote, I mean, ally. Well, I hate the term and I hate the term ally. But yeah. No, I mean, I don't I don't see um, I don't see Tim Wise as an ally. I see him as like I see him as an accomplice <laughs> and only because. Well, not only because the thing that sealed the deal for me was when he had some serious Facebook beef and um, he went ham on this white dude. And he, the guy, was mad and showed, did, showed screenshots of the, of the private messages in between them. And Tim was like, dude, I will lay into your ass. And I, for one... I appreciate that he goes just as hard behind closed doors as he does in public. And it's like, even though you was wrong and you didn't want to apologize, I'm mad at you. 
because you was willing to take it you was willing to take it there for the for the family and and that lets me know that you you walk your talk in real life you know right but um but he's definitely white <laughs> he's very white he looks like an Aryan poster boy which tickles me because I don't think a lot of people are expecting what comes out of his mouth because of the way that he looks mm-hmm. but um yeah we need to work on the woman fest- manifesto woman manifesto well, you know I like that so, you know, and that's one of them, like comrade or accomplice versus ally, you know, and how come we need to get rid of that and how the news and the self-education and the un- uncomfort. I'm all about making white people uncomfortable now, you know, from a place of love, you know, and ultimately their education. But you're supposed to love what you do. If, like you're calling, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I love going for white edges. You're so funny. So I mean, black, black, other people's edges need to be got too, because you know the state yeah. of black caucus and the way they did Nina Turner. So let's get back to the to the convention. Okay, so okay, so you got to meet Ben. Yeah, you met my brother. You know Tim and other folks. Sunday, um, there were events and stuff going on ahead of the convention. So you get to the convention. Yes. The People's Convention was on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you met, the climate you, you got change. to hug Nina. I'm so envious. And meet Jill Stein. I did. She kissed my cheek, but I didn't get a photo. So, you know, it was an exchange. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a trade-off. But she she was so awesome. And she's got a hell of a figure. I was like, damn, girl, that rap dress is working for you. <laughs> um. And um, I'll get you. We have video of her her speech. She she was she was fire, you know. And mm-hmm. she she said then that you know she wasn't going to leave the Democratic Party. I for one was hoping she would like make that ticket with Jill Stein. I was because that would have been such a a powerful image. Um, I I respect and understand her her choice and that's cool she was super gracious not only at the people's convention but um there was a bernie sanders sponsored panel discussion with her and ben and kendrick and uh rosario and the minister from baltimore whose name escapes me right now um oh yeah yeah, and and larry cohen i think is the other guy's name Um, so yeah, that was awesome. And I, 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 I got video most of that. I couldn't send it all to you. I told you the issue I had with my phone, but I recorded as much as I could. So okay. it'll be on the black burner coalition, little tardy, but sometimes CBT time is what you got to deal with when the secret service is messing with I your think, phone. I think, I think being two weeks. Yeah. That's a whole nother story too. I think being two weeks out now, I think some, the, it was so emotional and so raw. I think now we can really appreciate and process, you know, the good speeches and content that came out of that week. Cause there's a lot of it, you know, we did coverage over at progressive army and podcast revolution, um, you know, Ben, Michael Salomon, several other people were on the ground um, during that week, too. You know, I know Tim Black was on the ground, the same progressive and Lee Camp and other folks. So, like, there was a lot of really great content and commentary that came out of that week. But I think now that we have time to decompress, now that we've had time to process the emotions 
of what was happening. I think now we can really sit, sit there and really appreciate better um, some of these wonderful speeches and, and, and this other content that was created outside of the mainstream um, convention space. Because that seems to be where the real convention happened, right? Was outside oh, yeah. of the mainstream space. That's where the real organizing relationship building occurred. Because we're moving forward. Like, like they could have their fake kumbaya moment with, with seat fillers all they want to. We moving forward. We making this happen one way or another. Yeah, because, I mean, on Tuesday was the Women's Speak Out event. Okay. And I was not ready, you know, mm-hmm. for all of the organizing and stuff that I've done over the last year and a half or so. I felt like such a small fish in that room. I mean, Mother Pam Africa, you know, Oscar Grant's aunt. They had mothers from Flint, Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, um, oh, and oh, my God. And uh, Berta's daughter was there. That's the part that broke me. Wow. You know, yes, I I posted, I'm, I'm always posting again and again about her. Berta Caceres was a Honduran wow. activist. She yes. was um, a fighter, freedom fighter for indigenous people in her country. And she was very vocal against the, the coup that Hillary Clinton supported that happened in her country. Mm-hmm. And in the last interview she gave before she was assassinated in her home, she again implicated Hillary Clinton. Her daughter wow. was there. And that broke me. That I, I mean, absolutely broke down. This is this is you know the convention, the convention outside of the convention, the speak out. You know, um, I believe it was this Tuesday was also when you know uh, real Philly justice and other Black Lives Matter s groups came together and had the 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 Black DNC resistance protests right um yeah because there was so much going on so so how was it on the inside though right because i know a lot of stuff and we talked about what's going on the outside how was it on the inside you guys had to you know getting your credentials i saw at one point you guys had tape on your mouth saying silence by the dmc like what was the feeling how was it it was the most fucked up energetic environment i have well let me put it this way and i know this is going to sound dramatic there was only one time that i felt worse than i felt while i was in the actual convention when i was in the convention center for those four days and that was when i touched the hull of the titanic Mm. that i'm an empath i feel things hypersensitively other people's feelings whatever I know it's new agey stuff it's also real and it is my experience and I was very cavalier when I got the opportunity to be at the Titanic exhibit before it was open and I reached Mm -hmm. under the the curtain and I touched the hole and I literally felt the terror of thousands of people wow the only thing that and the DNC was number two. That's the only thing that's been worse than the DNC. It was like daggers coming at you from the time you walked in. And I didn't go all burnied out because I wanted just to see 
how would it happen, you know, if you didn't necessarily take sides? Right. And it was like everybody just mean mugging you this face after this face. Who are you? Are you Bernie? Are you Hillary? And I'm just, you know, hi. <laughs> Can we have a conversation? Or are you just going to interrogate me while you mm-hmm. shoot daggers at me with your eyes? You know, and um, we sit down and it's just like hella disrespect to Bernie Sanders. As soon as we get in there, it's like, we are here to nominate Hillary Clinton. We haven't booted yet. Right. This is on Monday. There hasn't even been an initial vote. So we are booing. It's like, we're here to vote. We just scrapped all this money together to be in the process. Down to the prayer, the woman praying, and she's praying about the nominee. Because there's a separation of church and state. Mm. It's not disrespectful to the fact that they are Christian. It's we are not going to let you violate church and state like that on television and be silent. Right. right. We are there to be voices. And so then, like, people, as soon as we start to boo, then that's when, like, the hillbots, like, all turn on us. And then they're just in our ear. <laughs> you fucking retards. You don't have any respect. Why are you here? Did it, I mean, just nonstop bickering. And then they would, like, tell the ushers that we didn't belong there, try to say that we were from different delegations have, so we could have to show ID. They try to take our signs away say that you you know you can't wear your shirt or whatever i mean just all the time coming at us coming at us coming at us and we're trying to sit there and 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 be a part of the of the convention but it's clear that this isn't about being a part of a of, this is not a convention it's a show it's like right. being on a reality a tv show and there's there was never any call to order blah 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 nobody on the floor needed to know robert's rules nobody on the floor ever got the mic except for the roll call so we're like and then that was the second time and then the second time on tuesday they added in the superdelegates because we voted that morning Mm -hmm. and we thought they were just going to read the straight tabulations from that morning but the numbers were off you know somebody was listening and i guess they were on fire chat and it was like bad numbers they said this many for clinton this many for sanders it's like that number includes superdelegates that number includes superdelegates because we were only supposed to be doing the um pledge at large and plios in the roll call vote so that's still three tiers but super delegate numbers those extra 700 shouldn't have been there so that's what that's what spurred the walkout is when they finally realized that they were they were putting the the super delegate numbers in there to skew the numbers to make it seem like the first vote was enough for her to have the number that she needed and she didn't So that was Tuesday. And then all hell broke loose when we they occupied the tent. And that's when all the viral pictures happened. And that's when most of the interviews happened. And um, it was kind of a blur. It was kind of a blur. Because sidebar, K 
California had a bar. There was a bar open to just California delegates and like committee members, and you had to show your credentials. And they had beer and wine and food. Okay. And when you wanted to get away from the bullshit, you're in the California delegation. We went in there mm-hmm. and hung out and, you know, kind of talked to people, still kind of got harassed. You know, it was like, you'd have a conversation and like a total stranger would just walk up and start talking about just jumping your conversation. No hi, no introduction, no nothing. And it was just like, who who are you? What? It was really, really weird. And, and people are always trying to grab you. Hmm. That was freaking me out. It's like, I was, I even, I asked somebody where the bathroom was and she tried to grab my arm. <laughs> and when I flitted back from her, she looked at me like I was crazy. It was, it was weird. Right. It was, it was just a weird, weird environment to be in. And everybody was, everybody was mad. And then you saw the pictures of the rat face Bernie Sanders shirt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're just like sitting there videotaping you. It's like, you know, you're making Trump president, right? You know, you're making Trump president, right? I mean, you know, you're harassing me right now. And I didn't give you permission to record me, right? And yeah, it was just weird. I mean, it doesn't sound... It doesn't sound like a lot, but when you have like thousands of people churning like that, it's like, it makes your skin kind of crawl. You know, like the hair stands up on the back of your neck. Mm -hmm. Your whole body kind of feels like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's wild. It was horrible. It was horrible. Everything that wasn't in that convention center was pretty dope. So, uh, people's convention, women speak out, um, all of the protests and like, there was some, there was some interesting gatherings and parties and stuff. Uh, everything uh, outside was cool. There were even people protesting until four o'clock in the morning in front of it all. It was, I know. And, um, the last night park they said i you know i left i couldn't really celebrate because i thought it was such it was such bullshit and so i was trying to leave but there were no shuttles i ended up walking for four and a half hours that night that morning by the way um they wanted delegates to go to fdr park where all the protesters were so we ended up walking like two miles over to where they were and they wanted like the delegates to speak and give like some kind of a debrief and we did and there were some video there were some interviews and you know but it was amazing to see the dedication of the protesters there were like tent cities and um you know there were people out there with their children you know it kind of looked like Burning Man meets Rainbow Family Gathering kind of a, <laughs> a thing, and you know, but but it was cool, and it seemed like you know people were working together and they were helping each other. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was really good to see, and it's like that was like the best part because when we weren't in that, people were very loving. The staff at the hotel rocked. It was like 
a couple of ladies, they would just like talk us down. Cause like from the time we go to breakfast, it was just like, people were yelling at us. People were telling us to shut up, telling us we weren't, we didn't belong there, all kinds of stuff. And the staff, which was pretty much entirely black, uh, were just very gracious and very like, you know, girl, you got to pray. You can't let this stuff be getting to you kind of mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, it it was very comforting, but at the same time, I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that we were in the so-called cradle of democracy. And in the 1700s, Black folks was serving the food and making the bed. And in 2016, Black folks are making the food. And, mm. wow. you know, well, it, it was it just, like you know, that's... So when you, as you reflect back on your experience, you know, you had, we, we've had this whole time of organizing, moving together, we're looking forward, you know, everyone's thinking about what the next step is. We talk about our revolution, you know, Bernie Sanders is starting up our revolution. A lot of folks are going green and not just going green, but actively working and organizing with Joe Stein and, 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 and Ajamu's campaign now. Like, where do you fall with all that? Having seen everything you've seen, had been through where, everything you've been through. Where do you fall and what do you think about kind of how that experience you've had informs your decision going forward? Well, um, I did get the opportunity to meet Jill Stein and I did speak with her very briefly. Um, and before the convention, before I was a delegate, I was always Sanders or Stein. That was like the hashtag. I even had a, a Facebook page. You know, just on standby. Uh, but I, I, I want to, I want to know a little bit more because my secondary goal has always been: if Bernie Sanders didn't get the nomination, that I would do everything that I could to prevent Hillary Clinton from winning California. Mm. I mean, it's a small pond, but it's not so small pond. If I could help Jill Stein get enough votes in California that she loses it, I I would consider that a personal victory. Um, I also intend to vote like the Bernie Crat down ticket in as much as I can. Not a lot of people in California ran, unfortunately, but um, I'll probably do some work with the brand new Congress for 2018, I think. By then, hopefully, I'll be living somewhere a little bit semi-permanently, and I can run for a school board. Ultimately, I think that's what I'll do is run for school board wherever my six-year-old is going to be going to school primarily to start. Right, right. So, so that definitely, like I say this all the time, it doesn't matter what, what you're doing party-wise. I mean, we do need, we need people to be active and engaged. We need grassroots. We need folks to stay grassroots. We need folks to stay independent. We need folks to continue to drive the movement from the outside and to keep things, you know, honest, so to speak, right? We, we see how these organizations, these supposedly organizations, progressive organizations, they form, they align themselves with certain people or interests, and then we don't see the level of activism we need on issues, whether it's looking at, you know, local school board races or, or other stuff going on. So you did get to meet, you know, Dr. Jill Stein. You heard her speak actually in person there at the People's Commission. Um, 
so so what do you do you do you so just just kind of segue in a little bit from from the recap of your experience and thinking about this notion of privileged voters a lot of people are getting pushed back you know um those folks who are bernie supporters or who were painted as overwhelmingly white men you know that 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 whitewashing of all of us continues to happen and for those who have become so passionately and so so vociferously so vocal about supporting Jill Stein, um, about supporting third parties in general, are being painted as privileged. You know, white privilege is 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 the word of the day. It seems like it's just thrown around. It, it's almost going to be a meaningless concept the way it's overused by so many people, right? Like between the red baiting of the left with like Neera Tandon and Joy Reid and others, you know, oh my God, Russia's going to come and take us over. To you know, people berating folks for considering a third party vote for considering supporting Jill Stein specifically um you know kind of like what are your what is your take on that whole you know privileged vote um, you vote third party, had, you're privileged I mean because we're certainly not privileged um right right I mean and you can say that and we're with not your white, job so. yeah you know but it's interesting because on Facebook I've pretty much had a picture of Prince as my avatar ever since, you know, the day the music died. So people don't really know who I am on Facebook because they'd have to come to my page and be able to see pictures that I've made public with my face. But I've had people tell me, you know, supporting Jill I'm I'm showing my privilege by supporting Jill Stein. And, um, when I explain who I exactly am, they're like, oh. I'm like, so what you got? Mm-hmm. And then you get crickets, you know. Even one of my former coworkers um, tried to use that argument uh, on a post, and I was like, okay, so what is your argument to black voters? Because it's like right. voting for Jill Stein is such a white thing. It's like, okay, so you don't see how disrespectful and exclusive your statement is, but you are calling yourself trying to court my vote and entice me to follow your corrupt ass candidate. That looks like it's going to work. You know, it's like, it's so myopic. Right. Like this because whole, oh, it, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just like, because it's like they're, they're fed such a, such a artificial narrative mm, yeah, and it's like it's it's like a programming almost and it's like when you hit it with a logic it's like it has nowhere to go it goes to usually it goes to anger racism or privilege it's gonna it, they they either they end up ex- expressing one of those things because just the other night at my daughter's bar, my daughter is a manager of a wine bar that's in a movie theater in the Bay Area. Um, we were talking about blackface. Right. Me and my daughter. And this Jewish woman interjected herself into the conversation I was having with my daughter. So that shows you the amount of privilege this woman lives in. Felt comfortable. I know I don't know anything about black and still jumping headlong Mm -hmm. into said conversation. Yes. Then it kind of segued into the fact that I had just come back from the convention 
And she's like, yeah, I love Bernie. She proceeded to tell us no less than four times how she went to the University of Vermont. And she lived in Burlington. Do you know that he was the mayor of Vermont? Four times. And she's like, you know, okay, okay, so what are you going to do? Jill Stein, what, what? And her husband just like, let them finish. Right. Let them finish. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. she immediately, she was like, I'm like, mm. number one, we weren't talking to you. Number two, I just had 4,000 people yelling that at me for four days straight. And if they didn't change my mind, I doubt that you will. <laughs> you know? So I just, and it's like, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, just, just kind of just to just what you were saying about, like, yeah, they are, they're, they're lying enough to tell us that this is dangerous and we're going we're gonna to make Trump win. It's like, no, you all anointed the weaker candidate. We're not going to make Trump win, you know, by whether, whether you, you embrace a blink out strategy as discussed by Dr. Eddie Gloud, if you guys, you know, I've, I've shared his, his art, his pieces from time before he's done several wonderful interviews with Ben and um, Real News Network and others previously, like, or if you're going green, whether you're going third party, you know, there are different third, smaller third parties. There's the Green Party and the Jill Stein, um, Barack, the Stein Baraka ticket. I mean, we we are at a movement moment, as some people say, we are at a a, 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 a crucial moment right in this where you have the, the, the synergy of so many different movements. Uh, my daughter was saying this earlier, you know, Bernie Sanders didn't create this movement. Bernie Sanders didn't start this. He, he, he amplified, he lit a fire and brought a lot of us together. But folks have already been active and involved through different movements, other work, whether it's their professional work or just other things they've been interested in. We've already been active and engaged. We were already activated. We were just given a purpose and a venue, yeah. which a vehicle within which to work. Right. And now we go forward and we're talking about this idea of privileged voters voting third party is a privileged vote. Voting third party is a privileged vote. That concept, that line is a construct used to keep us in check and beholden to one party versus another. That line right. is used by the Democratic Party, by Democratic establishment, by black Democratic elites to keep us in line because black Democratic elites only serve a purpose for the Democratic Party, if they can deliver, if they black can voters. deliver black votes, when they no longer yep. can deliver us because we are a deliverable, we are a product to be to be given to one political a commodity. We are yep. a commodity, yes, to be traded for, for for future favors. And when they are no longer able to do that, they are useless and no longer have power. So this is exercising our vote as we see fit because we have the right to vote as we see fit. You know what was really great was someone someone had shared with me. Um, what a week or two ago was the piece that the boys wrote back in the late fifties in the nation about why it's why I won't vote. And he talks about why he vote, why he only voted since he was voting, why he only voted for, for, for what, what, what we now call third parties. And he, he talked about this notion of the lesser two eels. That's a very old concept that has been spewed and passed around for a long time. And we need to break the cycle. And I'm, you know, Trump being the monster that he is allegedly, that's not my issue. That's not my fault. And we should not be asking people just to hold on a little longer, just to wait. You know, we just got to be more patient. Why do we need to be patient when we have been cowtown? When I say we, I'm particularly talking about black voters. We have been giving unchecked, 
blanket access to not just the Clinton machine, the Clinton family, but to Democrats as a whole for the last 50 years. Right. Yeah. We have, yeah. we have, we watched as Jesse Jackson. With no was, return. With no, no return. return. In the 90s, you had Jesse Jackson disrespected. We, you get some ice. You had Jesse Jackson disrespected and dismissed in his own in his own house, for so to speak, right? In his own forum, his own organizational structure by Bill Clinton as he was running for president. And we, oh, you know, you know, uh, Miss Bill and, and Miss Hillary, they just such good people. No, like if we, if they can't turn us out, they have no purpose. We have groups like the National Urban League who will put out the state of black America and talk about how we need investment in jobs. We need to end issues. You know, all these whole litany of issues. We got the poverty pimps and the different heads of these nonprofits that get all their funding and stuff that talk about, oh, the plight of black American and oh, they the need, they, they the Negro whisperers and stuff. And yet it's still the conditions in many of our communities have not changed. If they have changed or improved, you know, aesthetically, it is only after we have been displaced and kicked out through the gentrification of the right. mechanisms. Right. So what exactly is happening with 50 years of allegiance to the Democratic Party? We have seen the Voting Rights Act stripped. We, 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 we had a majority in the in Congress and we had a Democratic president in two years and nothing actually got done, not just because of Republican obstructionism, but because Democrats have not really had an it had an incentive to do anything but maintain the status quo. They maintain a status quo because that's good enough for them, but that is not good enough for us. And we need to demand better. And. I'm not, no one is saying, I'm not, you know, it would be a miracle for Jill Stein to actually win, right? I'm not that, delu I'm not, I'm not someone, and, and there's a piece with Mark Lamont Hill. Mark Lamont Hill actually did a really great Breakfast Club um, interview, the, Bre the Power 105 Breakfast Club morning show, and talked about why people need to vote third party and why it's not a privileged vote, why it's a principled vote. It's not a privileged vote. It's a principled vote. And principle, voting on your principles, it absolutely matters. When Fannie Lou Hamer sat down yes. in 1964, you know, and demanded to be recognized, that was her principle. That wasn't privilege. That was principle. You know, we got the same damn party that would deny someone like Fannie Lou Hamer rep adequate representation. These are the same damn people in the same damn party. And it has not changed. They just smile pretty at us. They, they just don't say certain things in public no more. But these are the same people that will oversee, you know, local administrations that are ripe with, with development issues and, and, and segregated housing, segregated schools, lack of funding. You know, you look at what's going on in Chicago right now. You look at what's going on in the state of Michigan. And yes, there's a Republican in office now. But how many years and how many times have you had Democrats in certain positions making decisions in places like a Michigan? You know, how many you, you, you have you have you have what's going on in Chicago with a with a Democratic mayor, Rahm Emanuel, who is scum. Right. You, you have the decimation of public schools. We have Arnie Duncan, who was our former secretary of education, who decimated schools in Chicago before Rahm even even came into office. So we have all these problems. We can talk about Trump is bad, Trump is evil, and I'm worried about Trump. what Trump presidency means for minorities. What does a Trump presidency mean for minorities? Y'all already deporting people. Um, the, the Southern Poverty Law Center had just filed a lawsuit against um, Homeland Security and ICE, uh, uh, you know, Immigration Customs and Enforcement, uh, for, for allegations of potentially constitutional violations and deportations of certain Central American um, folks recently. 
this is happening under our democratically elected, our democratic president. Like, so, so what, what is, I mean, well, Donald Trump brings out certain types of people, you know, the, 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 he's really racist and he's caused people. Donald Trump ain't caused nobody to be racist. America is racist. America was, mm-hmm. was created, imbued and bred with racism. It exists. People just pretended like they weren't racist anymore because it was no longer, you know, in vogue. Now, you know, you can say maybe he bought it back. He ain't bringing back though. The Tea Party brought it back. Y'all didn't. Y'all declared post-racial America, you know. Oh, racism doesn't matter anymore. Post-racial in 2008, and no, y'all let this happen. So now you expect all of us to come clean up your mess. Now nah, I'm good. It's not a privilege vote. It's a principle vote. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you 100%. It's not privileged at all, because I am not privileged. But what I am is not rewarding her bad behavior. I refuse to do it. I refuse to do it. And, I mean, like I said, I... You might even be able to get some of us on board. I I had a conversation with um, Dr. Trisha Callender last week. Um, we talked about she she she's a political consultant and she was she was at the DNC too. She's a Bernie supporter, but she was there in professional capacity, so she was on the inside and she you know she provides some really good insight. And you know, one thing she said was if the DNC would at least acknowledge, because you know the apology from Donna Brazil was half assed. It wasn't even half assed. It was just asked, right? Like, yeah, you know, at least people took a step to acknowledge. But the arrogance, the hubris, the ha ha ha, nana na boo boo, we won, so you just suck it. Suck yeah, it, you losers. lost. You, you lost. Suck it, losers. That stuff. That attitude and that mentality is why your house is falling down, right? Like your house is on fire and we're not going to help you put it out. You set your house on fire, but you want us to come do the work and put it out for you. Now we're good. We're going to go build over here in this other plot of land we found. Like seriously, because we need to, you know, people talk about, well, the the Supreme Court is why we have Mm -hmm. to vote Hillary. No. Well, you know, I mean, you you do that. Turn out the vote. I I challenge people. I I think people need to turn out the vote. I am, even though I have expressed reluctance, you know, in supporting Joe Stein, I've I've raised questions. Um, but I've had several really great conversations with like you and Ben after his meeting with Joe Stein, Michael Salomon, um, who helps produce the podcast Revolution, um, David Cobb of Move to Amend and the Green Party. I've had several great conversations with people who interacted with the party who, who are familiar you know with the platform I mean, i've read the platform read the strategic plan that i was like okay i can see value in this you know why people would want to do certain things but at the same time we need to make sure that we are educating people that we, that we come into contact with and that we're continuing to do the work you know um one point my mom made my mom called into the show earlier this evening she talked about how we need to also not just create new groups but see who's already doing work and how can we help add value to what is already going on, right? There's a lot of folks, a lot of organizations already out there in existence. And, you know, we're, we're a young, energetic crop of activists with a whole host of, of, of tools and resources that are, are you know, um, know how, like, how can we help build up things that already exist too, right? How can we amplify? What coalitions can we build to help further the work that needs to be done? So, so we're not privileged voters. It is privilege. It is a, it is a privileged vote to trick people into supporting your candidate to tell people very limited information to, to maintain your position in society. That is a privileged vote. You know, people 
browbeating us into voting for, 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 for Hillary Clinton are privileged voters. They're privileged. Um, and then some of them are just scared and they're allowing themselves to be, to be, to be tormented. If you decide you're going to vote for Hillary Clinton, that's your business. That's what you choose to do. Right. But to, 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 to misconstrue, to fabricate, to say, oh, my God, Trump is tweeting, to, to, to say that because of the way someone tweets is why we need to vote for somebody without even talking about the no. plans, the positions. Right. Like, I mean, the way Hillary Clinton tweets, I, I, I don't want to vote for her. I mean, she tweeted some nonsense about systemic racism and respecting police. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Who the hell is tweeting for you and why? Like, you just need to shut up. Please stop. Don't, don't even use that phrase ever again. Like, there's just so much that's so wrong. But this notion that privileged voters, like like I said, Mark Lamont Hill was talking about how it's not that we're expecting Jill Stein. You know, we're looking at the numbers and we don't know if Jill Stein will win. It's not that we're expecting her to win. Some people are um, looking at the way the system is set up. I'm not expecting her to win. But the possibility, like he said, for getting the Green Party to the right percentage to then be in the debates, that's huge. Because if we get third party candidates in debates, that changes the game. You know, then the nation gets to see their ideas. We get to grow, you know, an alternative. We need an alternative. This is an antiquated system of governance. And if if we have Democrats telling us there's only one choice, then what you're telling us is basically we have a monopoly. We have, you know, we we have a monarchy pretty much. We have have a dictatorship because if there's only one person of one party to vote for, there's only one person fit to rule. I mean, what type of government do we really have? How democratic is that really? You know, right. how democratic is our democracy if you don't really want If there's people, only one party. Yeah, if you don't really want people to participate, which we're looking at having only one major party with people with the courting of Republicans into the Democratic Party for the purpose of the presidential election. Now, mind you, they're courting, they're, 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 they're doubling down on really bad establishment politicians like Patrick Murphy and Debbie Washman Schultz down in Florida. They're courting Republicans into the party and not really putting in the energy and focus on down balance like they should. When you have the DSCC folks asking Bernie Sanders to come help them campaign, it is clear, especially all the, all the accusations about him not helping Democrats, stuff like that. it is very clear who is really about not only saving the party, but growing the party and making the necessary changes to be a party of the people and who is just trying to, to look out for them and themselves and their people and their friends. Like you can see that. And we're being manipulated by a, an elite class that is interested in maintaining the status quo because that's how they stay in power and that's how they get paid. Joy Reid wants a book. You know what I'm saying? She, she wants to write another book. That's how these people are. People want, they want to write other books. You know, I don't, I haven't figured out what DeRay's uh, interested is in all this, but, but people. He got that lawsuit. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a lot going on, but, but, but privilege, we talked about privileged voters, you know, it's not white privilege that allows people because what, what do Democrats really do? Let's, let's stop pretending like Democrats continue to save us for the big bad Republicans. They will get in there and make backroom deals and rationalize things away and, and make agreements in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. And just because your position is better, the Republicans should not be our litmus test. Period. Okay, Republicans right. are bad, but we're better. Okay. Well, if you sprinkle roses on shit, it's still shit. Right. And that don't make it better because you put rose roses on it. It's still it's still crap. It's still nasty. It's still foul. 
So we need to we need to stop. We need to stay away from that. We need to get involved. We need to get involved at all levels of government. You know, we directly, definitely, no matter what you do, vote for Congress, vote, vote in your state and local elections. If you still have primaries going on, definitely get out there. If y'all can, if y'all can get on the dialer and, and phone bank for Tim Canova, you know, Tim, Tim, a Tim Canova unseating Debbie Washington Schultz would be a huge victory for us coming out of this. this that is very true. You know, we had Pramila. I wholeheartedly agree. I mean, if we can get, if we can get Debbie out and, and that's a blow. And that is a win for progressives. You know, let's let's continue. Let's ride the way. We've had some uh, we've had some some losses of some really great folks, you know, who went out for office. And we need to like brand new Congress, other or other entities that happen. We need to put our hands on people who, who ran for office and were unsuccessful. If they are interested in doing so in the long haul, let's put their names up as as potential candidates to support them. Like let's put our money where our mouth is. Let's put our action. You know what I'm saying? Where our money's going too, right? So if we're saying, okay, I'm, if you're saying that you're going to go vote green, go find out about your local green party. How can you help build your party up? How can you help grow your party? If you're, if you're someone who believes in party politics, help the health party. If you, if you are a Democrat, um, folks here in Atlanta, a strategy that's being taken is that there are what county commission seats. There's some internal, internal party governance or whatever. So Fulton County Dems are having elections coming up. There's a whole bunch of Bernie folks going out to take up some of these seats in these positions. They've done something similar in Washington State. You know, if you're staying in the party and you're a Democrat and that's what you see value in, great. Get involved. Go be a part of the internal right. committees and stuff because we got upset when committees were making rules and decisions and determinations. A lot of us weren't in them rooms. We need to be in them rooms. And we need right. more than one or two of us in the rooms. You need to be in there. We need to bring three people with us and be in the rooms when them decisions are being made. Well, I can say at least here um, in the Central Valley of California, um, a fellow delegate is now uh, part of the Central Committee nice. uh, here. So nice. um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening all over, and people are really taking this, this seriously. And we need to continue to support each other and lift each other up and share the information that some people know that we're all keeping it going and stuff. So I'm going to continue... You know, the Benjamin Dixon Show, Progressive Army, all of us, we continue to, to, to hold up and share good information and great quality content and have conversations just like this. So we can keep y'all, you know, you the listeners, you the viewers informed. Um, shout out again to Podcast Revolution. You know, we are nowhere without the people. We are completely independent. Support if you can. Um, also, you know, check me out on Patreon, patreon.com slash the way of Noah. Uh, check us out. You know, Mama Mama Blackburner on Twitter, Yami Two Grace on yeah. Twitter. Yami Two um, Grace, yes. Yami Two Grace on Twitter, uh, the Blackburner Coalition on Facebook. And I am The Way with Anoa on Twitter and Facebook. Um, check us out, support, like, share. Um, subscribe to my, my YouTube channel, which I officially. I did. Yay, I reach, I, I'm over 100 subscribers, so I have, I have a personalized. So I'm The Way with Anoa on YouTube as well. Um, but yeah, but just continue, you know, building, we're going to continue conversations, but, but, but you're not privileged. You are exercising your right to vote and it's your vote, your voice. And it absolutely It is matters. your voice. Yes. And I'm, I'd love to end with a awesome quote that I saw while I was in uh, Philadelphia. Thomas Jefferson said, in matters of style, swim with the current. In matters of principle, stand like a rock. And I was feeling that. Mm. All power to all the people. 
Love it. We out.